GM Yearbook. I'm Jim. Et je suis Matt. Nous sommes ici pour vous. On est dans... Matt, what are you doing? Uh, I Really? If you want to be honest, I have no idea. Google Translator <laughs> put it there. What did you just say? <laughs> well, what we would normally say about, you know, taking a voyage through the years and all of that horse hockey. <laughs> But, you know, my French Canadian is more than a little rusty. It's probably a little better than I would have done. But guess what, everybody? It's our Canadian special. Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Can we take a minute and giggle like 10-year-olds by saying Bruce Cockburn a few times? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Over here in Scotland, it's Coburn. And I was walking down the street one day and I pointed up and I said, oh, let's go down Cockburn Street. And yeah, definitely yeah, there were some 10-year-old giggles going on. Do you think it was the red light district for a second? Or? Oh, yeah. It could be Coburn up there I, as well. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say the name. Hey, we won't even get into Benoit and Benoit. Oh, All right, my. we'll just keep going uh, on. Yeah, or just even pronouncing my last name. So There you go. <laughs> We've talked a few times about how Matt and I grew up on the Canadian border. This led to exposure that people who lived an hour south of us wouldn't have experienced. Other than the big three American TV networks, there was no Fox growing up for us. Our TVs were dominated by Canadian programming. We had just as much Canadian TV as American uh, and two French speaking ones. So th that was in that was on on the waves, too. I grew up watching uh, Mr. Dress Up, the friendly giant. Uh, the Littlest Hobo. I love that show. Me and Mark would make sure we tuned in to watch that dog. And later on, we were teenagers. It was Risk Night, followed by Hockey Night in Canada. I mean, we yeah. can't forget the Beachcombers either. Yeah. And while most of the major American chart topping hits broke through in Canada, we had quite a bit of exposure to music from the Great White North through television and radio. There was a time when our main radio station we listened to was Shom FM. Out of Montreal, 97.7. Mm -hmm. And CKGM was a backup if you were feeling nostalgic for AM radio. And along with those musicians that we'll get to in a moment, Matt, our first experience with live music was almost exclusively in Canada. I think most of the people who grew up in our town attended their first arena concert in Montreal. I know I'm one of them. Same here. I saw so many shows in Montreal. We were lucky to be that close to a major city. We could be there in under two hours. Those trips were the first taste of freedom as a teenager. There were times when I was there for a concert one weekend, then a hockey game the next. A lot of great memories in the Montreal Forum. Pretty sure I've mentioned Triumph being my first one, but it was harder when I was trying to think back to what was my last show I saw there. And I'm pretty sure it was Cheap Trick with Eddie Money. And I think it was uh, me, Mark, and our cousin Jeff. I think I think that's the group that went up there. But moving into the 90s, it was smaller clubs and theaters like Club Soda that was filling that need. I remember going to Club Metropolis to see Jesus Jones and the Cocktoo Twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been there. That's a, That was a great place to see shows. Yeah, It was a great club. And aside from radio, what about Canadian TV? I could never really follow the award shows because there was more going on than what Quebec was showing us. But we got most of our exposure to music videos from Canada. Oh, yeah. I've tried to watch the Junos before, but by the time I had learned about them and saw it on TV, I really had no interest in award shows. The exception was in 1992 when the Crash Test Dummies were nominated for a few. There was an odd mm -hmm. sense of probably validation when they won Group of the Year. Like Mark and I weren't alone in liking this band. At least we agreed with Canada. We've talked about it before, but Good Rockin' Tonight was must-watch on Friday night for that music video fix. 
They had oh, re- yeah. they had really good interviews before. Um, I want to say it was Stu Hall, but before him, Terry Mulligan. Um, mm-hmm. they they did really great interviews. I didn't hear all the same regurgitated talking points that I was reading in magazines. Um, and I learned about some Canadian bands I may not have otherwise. This was the '80s, and Canada produced a lot of cheesy new glam or hair metal. In case n- nobody has heard us use that term before, <laughs> when you use those words, Matt, I think you're warming up to become the name dropping machine for oh, the episode. Oh, <laughs> you, you you know me so well, Jim. <laughs> Damn right I am. Everyone's waiting for the big names to drop. We all know they're out there. We'll we'll, we'll get there. This is the 80s I'm talking about. America may have been the biggest supplier of hair metal or the new glam cheese, but Canada had their fair share of bands like Helix, Give Me an R, and then <laughs> anytime you want to spell out rock, that's cheese, but it's also awesome. Uh, Kick Axe, Harem Scarum, Brighton Rock, they opened up for Triumph at my first show, and for a brief moment, everyone was motoring for Night Motor- Ranger. I never understood what that meant, to be honest with you. Is that just like driving uh, I think in your car? I, yeah, I think it's about cruising okay. down the road. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, Sister Christian was a smash hit. It still makes its way into the occasional movie for a nostalgia effect most of the time. It has the feel of that kind of song that's going to be around forever. When I moved away from Newport, I was surprised, though, at how many bands I listened to in high school that didn't break in the States. We didn't realize that growing up in Newport, that we weren't going to hear them when we moved 50 miles South. Yep. Our small world was like the whole world. It was bands like honeymoon suite glass tiger. I thought these guys were massive, but not so much South of the border. And honeymoon suite even had a song in the lethal weapon soundtrack. Maybe that enforced a perception. They had a broader level of success. Don't forget Mm -hmm. me when I'm gone by glass tiger. That was a, that was a really big hit, but I wonder if the guest spot by Brian Adams helped it along. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a great song. It was great back in the day, but if Brian Adams was attached to something in, in that era, it got broader attention. And it was one line that he came in and yeah, sang at the very yeah, end of the song. But everybody wanted to yell that line in the song when it came on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's get into that. There were big hitters in Canada And then there were those artists who transcended borders and there were megastars around the world. As you just brought up, Brian Adams was one of them. He had been on the rise and his album Reckless was an international success. But I think the moment that solidified him as an 80s icon for me was his live music video for It's Only Love. In that video, Tina Turner duets with him on the song and he really held his own as an entertainer up on stage with her. She probably had the effect of raising someone else up, so that's probably what she did with Brian on stage. But that was when he arrived for good, in my mind. Yeah, uh, we we got massive love for Tina Turner. She had an infectious energy. I don't think you could help but be inspired by her and want to try to at least meet that energy on stage because I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. pretty easy to be intimidated by it. And when we first talked about that, I'm like, oh, no, Brian Adams, I mean, Run To You, that was an immediate smash hit. But then I got thinking that, no, when you're with Tina Turner, that is on a different level. That is, is more yeah. of an international stage when you're with her. Mm-hmm. Um, But Reckless, six top 20 singles, three of those broke into the top 10. That's pretty damn big. We got yeah. the big double whammy with that regional and now national success in the U.S., Reckless was inescapable. 
between cars blasting cassettes and cover bands, you were never, ever far <laughs> from hearing Heaven or Summer of 69. No, no, you weren't. And then in the 90s, Shania Twain absolutely exploded. Not just in the country charts, but pop as well. She had an undeniable impact in how future artists like Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood approached their careers. Just look at how massive Canadian women were in general in the 90s. You had Alanis Morissette with Jagged Little Pill. This sold 33 million copies. Celine Dion's one album in 1996, Falling Into You, sold 32 million copies. And then you backtrack to Shania Twain's Come On Over. That sold 40 million. And it's recognized by Guinness as the most successful solo studio album of all time wow. by a female artist. I had no idea. So you're talking over 100 million albums right there between those three women. I think it's safe to say these three meant a lot to women around the world. They were smart, independent, sassy, and inspiring. I talked about this before. Sarah McLaughlin is also Canadian and had a very successful 1990s. I think it's the success of these women that triggered the release of the Disney princesses. We got super empowered women in the 90s, and this could have been led by Canada. Time to sell you sex again. Time to knock them down a few pegs. <laughs> Got to drop that next generation down a level. It's so terribly obvious when you look back that what the Canadian women were doing were leading the way for a generation to be strong before the next generation became the reality TV Kardashians. No offense to you if you're listening. <laughs> but you can see how media programs people. And I yeah, believe it that this was intentional on the part of the record company. Women were not tired of empowering great songs by these other women from Canada. People weren't tired of Shania Twain. Yeah, it was big. It was massive. But just look at what Madonna was able to do in her career and go out and sell. The difference between Madonna and these Canadian women is they didn't use sex. I'm not going to say I disagree with you on Shania Twain. I I don't want to say she used sex, but I think she did. But in a way to say, this isn't a bad thing. And I'm stronger because of it. And she was never, uh, she was never slinky. Yes. Or yeah. There, there was nothing about anything. Honestly, I think Shania Twain could have done everything she did anyway in a turtleneck, and we still would have sat there and been like, oh, she's beautiful. Oh, oh yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have really matter. But I think she was a great female artist, and I, I do think that this may have been what happened. But a Canadian artist in the mix of those Disney princesses who avoided this was Avril Lavigne. She didn't wind up having to do anything other than be a performer in her own way. Do you know that there's a conspiracy theory that she's been replaced? She has a legit oh, no. McCartney-esque legend. According to the conspiracy theory, a lookalike named Melissa was originally hired to distract paparazzi, protecting reclusive Levine. It alleges that Levine befriended Melissa, and she taught her how to play and sing like her, that shortly before the singer's supposed death, her body double was taught how to sing and perform like the musician. And that after Levine's death, her record company buried the news and replaced her with Melissa Vandella for a continued profit. 
and that Melissa is who we've been seeing ever since, I think like 2004. Oh. <laughs> I'm not gravitating towards her music, but I think if she'd come along in a different era because she didn't fit in with the Disney princesses, she might've been a bigger star like these women in the nineties. Seriously, Jim, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> can we stop? How much time do we have? Oh my Lord. Can we stop with conspiracy theories? I think they start as a joke. Then someone takes it seriously. And I wonder if anybody smarter than me, it, that's really not that hard to do. Were to take that, uh, what Melissa Vendela name and find that maybe it's an anagram for Avril yeah. Levine or something. <laughs> um, but man, conspiracies. The next thing you know, everything comes down back to the number 23 or some stupid BS like that. <laughs> but in this era, she would probably make a great, Disney princess, as you were saying before, I've always taken her as more of a rebellious and independent figure. I, I think she would be something for girls to look up to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've Because we've talked in the recent shows about how Disney princesses have turned into more empowering role models for young girls. Yeah, they've so, turned yeah, away from yep. the damsel in distress. Yep, yep, kind of yep. And now for a segment we're going to call Blame Canada. Sorry for that change in energy <laughs> right there. Uh, I don't even know if we need to expand on the names. But, well, we can expand a little bit, but we don't need to go on about it because there's a whole reason why we don't probably listen to a lot of this music. <laughs> and we want to yeah. be nice. <laughs> yeah, we want to be nice. but and, and some of this is probably generational. Well, looking at the names, it is generational, except for one. That seems to get yeah. a lot of hate from every generation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be Nickelback. Uh, they yes, are one of those... Be. They are one of those bands that everybody loves to hate on, but you can't deny the level of success, even though some of their songs are a tad creepy. And they sell enough albums that everybody who says they hate them behind closed doors is singing, look at this photograph. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I would be lying if I said I've never seen them in concert. I have seen them in concert. Oh. 2002. <laughs> I remember I was redoing a bathroom. And uh, we were expecting Max. He hadn't been born yet. And one of my friends mm -hmm. calls me. He says, hey, I got Nickelback tickets from the radio station. You want to go? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I called back and I said, you know what? Yeah, I need I need a night in Montreal right now. So we went gotcha. So we went up to Montreal, this small club. And, hey, we had fun. I bet you it was all right. It was a-okay. Well, well, kudos, kudos to you, Matt, for admitting that, that you went to see Nickelback. Because I've spoken in an episode about how I kind of opened for Justin Bieber, who is also I'll Canadian. See, yeah, yep. and I will say this was early in Nickelback's existence, pre-hate. <laughs> well, well, Justin Bieber had actually just needed to fulfill a tour date in Vermont. So he played the Champlain Valley Fair, and we happened to be playing the beer tent for all the parents while we were there. I don't care. That's a warm-up as far as I'm concerned. 17, 18, 19 years old. Oh, yeah. I actually have a friend who was driving the bus in Germany that Bieber got busted on for having the monkey on it. And, you know, so oh, I hadn't heard things. that. He had a monkey? Yeah. What was he yeah, going full blown Michael so Jackson there? Or? <laughs> I think so. You know, just doing whatever he wanted to do. But, but we can move on from yeah. the Biebs because then we have Drake. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, that's probably generational. I'm, he sells enough albums where people of a certain age do love him. Through this show, you've helped me really identify with 2010s onward rap music, hip hop. And I've enjoyed how you've brought that to me. 
And I still don't hear how Drake fits in with these guys. It, it is weird because some of his songs, they're not bad, but there's a bit of douchiness there. So that, that, that can be where my little unsettling is with him. Oh, I understand that. And, you know, he came from Degrassi Junior High, which was a massive you maybe TV show. Up my beer. Yeah, I had he no did. idea yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was on Degrassi Junior High as a teenager. So he's been a, a, a celebrity for life in Canada. Wow, so he's their equivalent of Drake and Josh or some of those so. Nickelodeon stars over here. That... <laughs> well, he, well, well, yeah. And then we have The Weeknd, the man that makes every song sound like it belongs on Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, The Weeknd I struggle with because he kind of came along when I was into indie music. And a lot of the podcasts that I was listening to tried to squeeze him in there. And I'm like, no, okay. this, this just doesn't fit. Um, but it's one of those, you never, you ever have an artist where you're like, no, I, there's something here. I just got to find it. That is redeeming. And I'm going to like, but you know, there, there's enough out there where I can say, no, I just don't dig it. Well, we need to remember that his songs are also, well, many of them, the hits were written by Max Martin. Oh, fuck Max Martin. <laughs> Jesus, are we going to go down that road again? Love, well, hate, We need love, to name hate. drop him whenever we can, but these are not his best songs. Yeah. Well, it's not really love. It's respect. Respect, hate, respect, hate for Max yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Well, let's get on to the guys who actually made music. Yeah, there are some big producers that have come out of Canada. Names that you're going to you're going to know when I say them. Um but maybe they don't really register as being Canadian. Bob Rock had a lot to do with Metallica, the cult, Motley Crue, tragically hip, love him, Canadian royalty, Jim's yeah. favorite, Michael Bublé, um, The you Offspring. <laughs> then, there, oh, yeah. then there's Bob Ezrin, Aerosmith, mm -hmm. Alice Cooper, Fish, Kiss, yep. Lou Reed, and of course, Pink Floyd. Um, and then one that I wish would have registered with me in 99 when we did that version uh bruce fairbairn okay yeah the 1980s me loved a lot of stuff that he did and i wish that we would have paid our dues to him back in the day uh because he was responsible for the first lover boy albums one of my favorite hair metal albums of all time black and blue without love crocus honeymoon mm -hmm. suite canada's own bon jovi he produced slippery when wet and the follow-up oh, wow. new jersey Aerosmith, Permanent Vacation, Pump, Get a Grip. Our two favorite albums. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, ACDC, The Razor's Edge, and The Cranberries. He is severely underrated. He unfortunately passed away in 1999. So, okay. so we're talking 24 years ago where mm -hmm. I'm sure with just the names that I've mentioned right there, Bon Jovi alone, Slippery Wind Wet, he would have yeah. had so many more opportunities to produce huge huge albums that we would all be familiar with and then finally we have somebody who did do quite a bit that was david foster he produced alice cooper hall and oates chicago neil diamond i think he won grammys and emmys and had to have oscars like anything you could win he won yeah he was prolific if he wasn't producing, he was composing and performing on albums. He he performed on uh Beatle uh solo Beatles albums with George and Ringo. The, okay, the, the, yeah. This guy is truly amazing 
if you if mm -hmm. go and research David Foster, and you will be truly amazed at how much work this guy has put out. And yeah, it's and it's stuff that you will recognize. He he is amazingly talented. Yeah, a Canadian legend. All right, so let's get to classic Canada. Let's let's get to the the good stuff, the stuff we kind of grew up with. Really, the kind of the roots of Canadian music. Yeah, and not just us. I mean, these are bands that are classics that everybody's going to recognize. If we were building a house, we would be completely screwed, Jim. Because we're laying the foundation last. Honestly, some of these bands I listen to sparingly out of fatigue because they are just in the atmosphere. You just hear them. Guitar rock knows no borders and Canada produced many mm -hmm. classic bands with songs still in heavy rotation. BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive. The Guess Who? Rush. These. This is if you haven't... If you haven't gotten it, this is where the big names are dropping. Yeah, these are yeah. big names. Rush triumph the band we've talked about the them recently great band yeah. who would have thought that the band the band who's kind of responsible in some ways to the term americana when it comes to rock and roll yeah was canadian you're, yeah you're not you're not wrong there actually because a lot of their music does kind of get lumped in with that but they were also bob dylan's backing band and they toured with a lot of other well-known american artists hugely talented Mm -hmm. Neil Young heard everywhere except Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably a national treasure here, April Wine. Come on. These guys are still yeah. touring. Yeah. They're, Sparingly, they're awesome. but they're still touring uh, Im immensely popular. And Steppenwolf was half Canadian. So like a stepbrother of Canada? <laughs> kind of. But, you, you know. The, the, the Steppenwolf brother or the stepbrother? The Steppen brother. Yeah. The and there's there's a lot of bands out there. You mentioned earlier in a chat this week about Cutting Crew. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. With the singer was Canadian, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just because uh, the whole band isn't Canadian doesn't mean they don't have Canadian mm -hmm. roots. So we've squeezed in a lot of what we love about Canada course we're going to bring five songs a piece that we are nostalgically brought back to our canadian roots by and i'm looking forward to doing this do you want me to go first or yeah go first all right because i've been really excited for this one <laughs> it, it feels like the polite canadian thing to do yes <laughs> it is the song everybody knows by leonard cohen i can't tell you really how excited i got when i realized i was going to be able to add this to the playlist First off, Leonard Cohen, for you and I, he's not really our taste in singer-songwriters, not to mean that in any kind of disrespect. Mm -hmm. His writing is undeniably incredible. And he, I think he deserves to be on this playlist for his place in music history alone if we're doing the Jam Yearbook. The other reason I'm adding this, though, is because of my already confessed love of the movie, Pump up the volume. You know what? Christian Slater. Seriously, we need to give that movie more shout outs. I, yeah, we people do. People need to, if you haven't already watched that movie, go watch it. It's amazing. This is, and if this doesn't make you want to watch it, then I, well, you might have, you know, some morals, but uh, the real that, Triple that H. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Happy Harry Hard On's theme song. And, and even on the soundtrack, there was a concrete blonde version of it. I think that both versions are great. In the film, you hear the Leonard Cohen version of it. I remember getting the soundtrack and being kind of disappointed. I do like Concrete Blonde. I like them a lot. But 
I love the pace and the cadence and how it feels like it's almost a marching song as, as it comes in the way he sings and the way the rhythmic mm -hmm. structure is to it. Uh, just, yeah, Leonard Cohen, everybody knows. Go watch Pump Up the Volume to listen to it. Please do. Happy Harry Hardon would only listen to the original. Leonard Cohen needs to be on the Jam Yearbook playlist because this dude's prolific and he's incredibly talented. Um, unfortunately, yeah, his delivery and performance, usually it, it might set people off or it doesn't have a, it's got a low energy, so it may not sink in with people. And a lot of times yep. covers of his songs are more popular, but he's mm -hmm. not the only one in, in that arena. But you can't deny that there is talent with Leonard Cohen. And his songwriting, oh, definitely. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. All right, Matt. Tell me about your first Canadian <laughs> song. Going about. All right, my first song is going to be Honeymoon Suite, Bad Attitude. We mentioned earlier uh, Honeymoon Suite had a bigger audience because our world is small. We think our world is the whole world, but they were certainly in cassette deck rotation. Not only did they have a song in Lethal Web, we talked about earlier, but Bad Attitude was used in the last episode of Miami Vice. I can't imagine the 90s in my life without Honeymoon Suite. I think there was a definite push to get this band into the mainstream. They just couldn't quite break it, but they're still a band. That's really cool that they had that kind of push into the States. You're right. There was just something that they could never cross the line with. I think the years they were trying to break by the time they got there, the world wanted more Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses that we mm. were talking about and less of a band like Honeymoon Suite, unfortunately. Yeah, they had the so, hairband yeah. look, but not the hairband sound. No. And I think but that they might have been a little off. too early as well, because when you listen to them, they almost sound like some of those early 90s pop rock stars more so than the ones that came along in the early eighties, you know, I think yeah, they would have fit in yeah. a little bit more with some of those bands that were breaking, you know, a few years later, but I'm super happy to have that on. the Yeah. And I know and certain Suite. people listening are going honeymoon suite. Yeah. That's the shit that is. <laughs> All right. My second two, bring it on. What you got. All right. I, well, you mentioned the producer earlier and I didn't realize he produced these albums. So lover boy, and the song is Turn Me Loose. Bruce Fairbairn, yeah. Yeah. This was my 10-year-old montage theme. <laughs> I was walking down the street at 10 years old. Uh, if there had been a soundtrack to my life, this would have been on it. Even if it was just me singing into a comb in my bedroom as a kid. <laughs> the buildup of the song is timeless and classic. And Mike Reno has always had a killer vocal. And he just absolutely kills it on this song this is a track i wanted to bring on earlier to the show but i wasn't able to squeeze it in for the year that it came out so i'm psyched that we're doing this now and i get to put it in on the canadian special i'm glad you're bringing it because it almost feels like a crime that it wasn't at least added on the poll yeah this i mean groups want to have a song that they are forever known for and this is that song Yes. Yep. Right. And everything you said, I, it, this is a great song. One of the hallmarks for me when I'm going to jam with people, if I ever in the past, when I've gone to jam with new people, 
One of the things I like to do, it's like a litmus test. I'll break out that baseline, right? And mm-hmm. then I judge their reaction on if they're my kind of people. If they want to have fun or if they want to poop it, I'll be like, nope, you're not my people. If you're the fun people, then yeah, let's jam. Let's rock out. Let's have fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. All right. What is your next song? I'm going to add Saga. People are like, oh, what the fuck is Saga? Oh, on the loose. Saga? Saga. No, Saga. Not Saga. Saga. <laughs> not, not Saga. Saga, on the loose. You'll know it when you hear it. You are you just added Lover Boy. And so I'm gonna add the song that's kind of a cousin to Turn Me Loose. This sounds like it could be a Lover Boy song. Especially when that chorus hits. It's like, mm-hmm. why isn't Lover Boy doing this song? So it's Lover Boy without the Lover Boy. Yeah, I liked it. This is the first time I've ever heard this song. What? And uh, yeah, I never heard this growing up. I don't know how I missed it. Oh my it. I god, yeah. Or I'm something, but fully I'm actually yeah. kind of shocked. But I, it's one of those songs that I know that when it comes on the playlist until I get familiar with it, yep. I'm going to let it play, but I'm going to go over and look and be like, what is this? This is good. Is it Loverboy? <laughs> you know? No, it's not. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. yeah, great song. All right. So where's your third? All right. My third, well, I'm going to slow things down just a little bit. And I'm going to take us down a country road in Canada. And I'm going to bring the song... You Needed Me by Ann Murray to the playlist. My cool factor just dropped a little bit in some of my social circles. Matt's clapping, clapping. so he's happy for me. Yeah, And I don't care. Ann Murray got a lot of spins in my house as a kid growing up. And when I was checking out some of her songs this week before the show, I kept coming back to this. You know those songs that you you wake up in the middle of the night and that one hook is going through your head? Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) And that's what this song did to me this week. Her voice is so beautiful and pure, not unlike Karen Carpenter, who she shared this time period with. It's funny. Yeah, there's some steel guitar in her songs from time to time, but she does not sound like standard country music to me, even though she got lumped in with it. It's more like AM radio music. Mm -hmm. This song is really pretty. And I think if people give it a chance, don't prejudge it. They'll have to agree. Oh, please don't prejudge it. I mean, everything, I think after hearing what you said, we probably, it sounds like we could have grown up in the same house because (laughs) Ann Murray was sometimes back to back with the Carpenters and she, yeah, not all of her music is great, but when she's got a good song, it's like, oh yeah, that's really it. Snowbird's a great song. You needed me. She has a great vocal performance in it. She should never, ever do Beatles covers. That's just <laughs> nothing she should do. No. <laughs> Help how is many not people... good. But Anne Murray, yeah, she's got the goods. She's she's a good, she's talented. Hey, how many people probably in the late 70s, early 80s, their first wedding dance was, can I have this dance for the oh, rest of my totally. life by her? It was big. I've, I've got to ask my family group sometime. We've got a chat group on a messenger and I've got to ask someday because I think if I messaged into that, Hey, which one of you had this Ann Murray song as your first dance at the get wedding? More than one. I'd, yeah. I would definitely get a few of them. Yeah, you would. So, and yeah. I'm glad you brought her because I'm sure a lot of people are like, Ann Murray, who's that? And she shouldn't be forgotten. Because she has given us a lot of good music. Yeah, she did. All right. So I'm glad you agree. Thank you. That that makes me feel better. I haven't lost <laughs> no, my coolness man. factor. Actually, it kind of boosted your cool cred with me. So, hey. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. 
All right. So what do you got next for me? April wine, just between you. Oh and yeah. Me. You got to have <laughs> April wine. It, it It's Canada. You got to have April wine. I don't know if they're ever going to stop touring. A band doesn't have this kind of longevity without the music to back it up and the fans supporting it. Cause they've, they've come to Vermont fairly recently um, and people still go to the shows. Th- this was the song that I first heard them do. It was thanks to a KTEL album, another Canadian gem we've mentioned over and over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> KTEL, yeah. great. Love it. They meant so much to my life and how much music they brought to me that I may not have heard otherwise. One specific memory I have of this song, listening to it from that KTEL album, is one day my meme was up. And her ears perked up when they started singing in French. And she was like, ah, oh, yeah. what are what are you listening to over there? Because <laughs> she was the one where we would turn on the Canadian, the French Canadian speaking channels on TV, mm-hmm. channel seven and nine, where she could watch and be the only one in the room understanding what's being said. <laughs> when she laughed, you just laughed because it's your meme. You you want you you want to show that love and respect. Oh, yeah. April Wine, they're a great, great classic rock band from the 70s. And Just Between You and Me, Sign of the Gypsy Queen. That was so close. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Either one of those songs, but full of great melody. Yeah. That's really what they're really good at. Not just hooks, but melody. And, And just pulled together so well. And I was listening to this this past week and it was almost in my five. And when I saw it pop into yours, oh, Matt, I was so happy. So awesome. Yep. And it's, I think April Wine was something I messaged you when we were first talking about Canadian yeah, artists. And, and this like, is April the Wine. song that I kind of forgot about, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Um, but they have, and a lot of bands had this back in the day, polish without feeling like it's polished. It's polished that, that you have the feeling that they're actually doing it in the studio. Yep. They're, yep. They are really doing it live and not, you're not getting a studio trick out of it. Yeah. All right. So what is your fourth? All right. My fourth, well, I'm going to go back to one of those super empowering women of the nineties and don't worry, Matt, I'm not going to bring my heart. will go on by Celine Dion. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and if that is a poll ad, we're going to <laughs> substitute it with the low straight jackets version. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to bring the song Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Don't you think? I can't help but say that. Yes, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Alanis, she became a generational icon in the 90s, obviously with that many albums sold that I spoke of earlier. I picked this song because it, it makes me smile when I listen to it, knowing that none of the songs in it are actually truly ironic. She made fun of herself a few years back on a late night talk show where she actually goes around and sings all of these things that aren't ironic. <laughs> they're just <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah. Well, they're, they're coincidental, but that's what I love about music and songwriting. Sometimes you need to set aside the logic and the melody and the lyrics can just be fun and playful. The video for this song is where she has several versions of herself in a car. They're all kind of laughing and singing along with each other. And it's a lot of fun. I think that women could use another Alanis right now her empowerment for others was so significant in the nineties. You're right. Ironic probably equals iconic and the sales mm-hmm. numbers prove it. I mean, I looked at, yeah. I did some research into album sales in Canada 
And there are 12 albums in Canada that are certified double diamond. Jagged Little Pill is one of them. Yep. Yep. No surprise. She definitely deserves to be there. Yeah. All right. So what's your next song, Matt? Well, I'm going to bring something that's probably a little more known from the 90s, but I kind of wanted to highlight that they're still around. They're still making music, and it's Our Lady Peace featuring Pussy, okay, yeah. featuring Pussy Riot. Maybe I just nice. wanted to say <laughs> Pussy Riot, but it's Our Lady Peace featuring Pussy Riot. Stop making stupid people famous. I think the title says it all. In our 90s episodes, Our Lady Peace missed the cut so many times. Did I not put Clumsy in? You maybe you I think actually I think you did. I think you're right. But Navid yeah. was almost there last week in version 1994 that, uh, for, for me or yeah. Super Satellite. But sometimes the competition is just too strong. I almost brought Superman's Dead this oh, week. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. And I meant to add this in version 2022, but that was just another mental note that got forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different sound than what people might recognize them from the 90s. But it was, it's so damn catchy, and it's kind of a song that we need to hear right now. Yeah, it, uh, it's a great song. I was happy to, I, I, the first time I heard it was this week as well. Go back and look at Our Lady Peace in their 1990s concert videos, and then go watch me playing in the 1990s, and me and the lead singer kind of look alike. It's kind of weird. Did you have the stash? No, I never had the stash, but there's a very similar kind of look between the two of us. And I remember one, one night sitting watching TV and you have that moment where you're looking at something and you're like, is that me? <laughs> you're like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> but yeah, this is a really good updated sound on this song for this band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. How are you going to round out your five? All right. I am going to round out my Canadian five with a band you might not know is from Canada. That is Men Without Hats, and the song is Safety Dance. The lead singer is actually born in Chicago, and the band <laughs> came out of Montreal. <laughs> so there is a very big possibility of fake accents going on here. Yeah, it worked for Madonna. Well, how many massive British rock stars broke through singing with an American accent? The Beatles did that, you know, back in the day. <laughs> Men Without Hats, it's a little new wavy, so it makes sense that they wanted to do that so it would sell. That accent sells new wave, real or not yeah, real. You're right. So yeah, that is my choice. And it's fun. You gotta have safety dance on the playlist if you can get it on there. You do. And I don't even care if it's the extended dance mix. This is a <laughs> this is a really great, fun song. And I'm not the first one to learn that this week. Hey, they're out of Canada. I had no idea <laughs> that fake accent tricked me from the since I was a little kid, <laughs> but Hey, I'm glad to have it on the list. I'm surprised it's not on the playlist yet because this is a great song. Yeah. It should have been voted in the year that it was available. Yep. So shame, shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, don't shame us with your last song. What are you bringing? I shall not because it's the tragically hip and Bob Cajun. How can you not have tragically hip? We're not doing a Canadian music special and not add a hip song to the playlist. Yeah, I it was tough for me. Yeah, I had a struggle to not make this Matt's five tragically hip playlist appreciation <laughs> society. <laughs> you know, um, some of me wanted to highlight some unknown bands that are going on, Japan droids mm. and whatever. But at the heart of it all, I think people want to know iconic Canadian bands and the tragically hip 
our Canadian music royalty. Period. End of sentence. Too many honorable mentions to list. Courage for Hugh McLennan was really close. Oh, yeah. Uh, good song. But Bob Cajun, I love the vibe of the guitar and the mm -hmm. bass. And of course, this is the song where Gore delivers one of his best vocal performances ever. I remember when we did the year this album came out, you did a shout out to Bob Cajun anyway on the yeah. show. Like an honorable mention to it. So, And I'm glad we're doing this Canadian special. Because, yeah, because I added poets, and there yeah. there was a huge struggle in my brain. Oh, my God, which one do I want to include? But I'm glad I got to add both from, from uh, Phantom Power. Yeah, it is a great way to wrap up this Canadian special. And the hip rule, that is why. Yeah, they do. All right, Matt. So we kind of choose back and forth the years, but we didn't choose this year. We knew we were going to kind of do this. We fit it into the schedule of shows. I chose the show before this year, 1994. There are only two years left oh, that you get to choose. No. And I think if you choose that year that's left, kind of that we already know you're going <laughs> to pick, then people are going to know where we wind up after that. But why don't you tell everybody where we're going after? Yeah. So we're, we're winding down this portion of the show. We're, we only have two years left. That's really kind of odd to think about actually. Um, at the beginning, it felt like we're never going to get through this many years, <laughs> but now that we're done, that's because we're not good. That's because we're not good at finishing anything. No, we're, we start. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, but we are finishing the 52 ish years of our lives. Yeah. So out of the two years left, I'm going to go with 1987. Yay. Yay. Cause it's going to be a fantastic year. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And I want everybody to know We've already started putting our songs out there. So as Matt teased me in 1994 about begging for 10 <laughs> songs, Matt was the first one between the two oh, of us to have his 10 songs That is songs only on the list. because you said, we got to do 10 <laughs> songs for 1987. And, and you were like, here they are yep, on a plate for you. I'm like, boom, boom, like boom, 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 a week boom, boom. early. Yes, yeah. this, this is a guy who gave me the songs for the Canada show today to listen to. Well, I'm <laughs> sure that there's a couple that'll change. Okay. Well, I'm sure That's there's fine. one that might change because yeah, you are, we, we all... you are kind of looking for songs that will, well, I, I'll regroup. I like to strike a balance of, Oh, what the hell is this as to, Oh, hell yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes to be nostalgic, but also think, do I really want to hear this again? Oh yeah. And, and sometimes that's, that's and sometimes what's nostalgic to me may isn't going to be nostalgic to somebody else. No, but but I, I like Matt's list, everybody. So <laughs> even if he has five, five or six or seven or eight of those songs, maybe on it, twelve. It's be Who knows? <laughs> He's gonna take my two that I haven't put on. Hey, yet. you know what? This playlist is already a monstrosity. So who cares how many much more songs we add? Yeah, let's just keep doing it. Yeah. All right, Matt, so you're going to wrap this show up in French for us? No, I'm going to wrap it up in good old-fashioned American English because I'm a moron when it comes to speaking French. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to thank everybody for tuning into the Jam Year book. And don't forget, next week it's going to be version 1987. Yeah, bonsoir. Bon, bonsoir. Here we go. <laughs> you, your pronunciation was so good. People might think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Bonsoir mean tonight. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, yeah. Feel free to tell us that we're dummies. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> hey, everybody, 
I should have learned how to say peace, love, and podcast, but I didn't. So, damn it, Jim. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> See you.